Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along this Monday edition of The Ride Home. We're excited, actually a little nervous, and we don't mm-hmm. know why, but we've got a great week ahead. Yeah. It's a it's a special week for us because throughout the 5 o'clock hour, Kath, we're doing something that has um, not been done here. No, we've never done anything like this before. About three months ago, we started talking about doing a series here on the ride home, and um, it, there were so many things that we could have done. You know, there were so many current events or current issues that we could have talked about and delved more deeply into. Um, and so we talked about each one of them. And then at the end, we finally just came around to the idea of people telling their stories of how they met God. As simple as that. Yeah. And so we came up with the idea and then we thought, okay, well, what would that look like on the air and what would that be like? And so we spent the last three months collating that, you know, talking with our friends, a lot of people that you have heard on our show over these many years. And, you know, instead of talking to them about their project or a, a new book they have out or something that they're thinking about or their column in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, we asked them instead, will you talk about you? Yeah. And that's what they did. I don't know about you, but I always love to hear someone's story. And in some ways, I think that, you know, initially when you get to heaven, uh, the question is going to be, of course, there'll be a lot of questions, but how did you get here? Mm -hmm. Right. Tell me that story of Christ in your life. Mm -hmm. And you know how it is. You may know somebody for 5, 10, 15, 20 years or more. And until that moment where you really hear their faith story, I mean, you go, oh, what? Now I can't. I, mean, I can't tell you. Pretty much every person you're going to hear this week in our five o'clock hour who's sharing their conversion story is someone that we know. I've I didn't know them before. I mean, I've known them for years. But what you're saying is right. Until I heard this story that they've shared with us for this series, I didn't really know them. And of all the stories that we know and tell about ourselves, that story, the story mm-hmm. of Christ in our life. Yeah. That's the story. It's, the, it's really the only story. Yes. All stories spring forth That's from right. that story. That's There's right. no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. So during our five o'clock hour throughout this week, Monday through Friday, you're going to hear from a host of people. Some of the names, of course, um, may be unfamiliar, but I guarantee you most of the voices, if you're a fairly regular listener to our show, these are voices you have heard before. Mm-hmm. They cut the spectrum, uh, theologically, denominationally, uh, you name it, um, race, style, color, uh, it always fits in there, and uh, we look forward to having this conversation. We've got people who are great scholars, have spent their lives in Ivy League institutions. We've got people who've spent their lives in professional sports. We've got people who have been in prison, people who've been addicts, people who have um, been quote-unquote moms, and people who've been quote-unquote good their whole life. 
um, every one of these stories, it'll make you shake your head. It'll, it'll may, it'll, it will open your eyes to what God is doing in you and around you. Yep. And it also, as the week goes on, we hope to intersect with you in some way to get your take on what these stories do and what they mean. And also, we'd also hope that you would invite other people who maybe are not believers, that they would hear other stories and think, well, you know what, um, Christians, uh, I'm not worthy, or that's too weird, or that's hypocritical. It's just going to be a hot, holy mess here, for lack of a better phrase, because it's us. It's your story. It's my story. Everybody else together of Jesus in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you're not a believer, if you don't have a conversion story, I sure hope you listen to this, because I hope it gives you some food for thought, and um, it should certainly open up your mind to the idea of there being a God. Uh, At least I hope it does. I hope it opens up your mind to the idea of there being a God, and I know it will open up your mind um, to recognizing that there's a vast array of human experience, and uh, the 5 o'clock hour will give you a glimpse into that. Very nice. So in our 4 o'clock hour... We're going to take a quick break, come back and reset. Yeah, because we have to talk to Greg Clugston. He's the SRN White House correspondent. We get our update from inside the Beltway every Monday at this time. So Greg Clugston in the On Deck Circle. We'll talk to him next. And then later in this hour to kick off our conversion series, we have the distinguished Dr. Oz Guinness. So please stay with us for that as well. It's the Monday edition of The Ride Home. W-O-R-D. Later tonight, the story begins with a greeting. Hi, Dan. Welcome to Hope. June Hunt helps to reveal the stories of listeners across the country who are dealing with life's challenges. The stories are all different, all unique, yet often they can be your story. Struggles with marriage, dependencies, addictions, and questions of self-worth. June brings biblical hope and practical help. June Hunt talks to you live tonight starting at midnight on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. February 14th is coming. I'm not talking about Valentine's Day, but I am talking about a Medicare plan you can totally go head over heels for with Marley Financial. I know you're thinking, didn't we just have open enrollment? Well, we did, but this is different. This is disenrollment time. It's time to dump that so-called Advantage plan for real Medicare coverage that includes traditional Medicare Part B and the Part D prescription drug plan. Todd Marley knows all of this Medicare stuff is confusing. He knows you've got tons of questions, and his team of experts can guide you through all of the options available to help you make the best choice possible. A comprehensive option that gives you access to any doctor or hospital you want without a referral, with lower deductibles, and co-pays that are little to none. And it's a plan that's focused not just on cost, but quality. Quality. Don't get stuck paying thousands more in out-of-pocket expenses. Instead, call Marley Financial today. Deadline, February 14th. Call 724-884-1496 or visit Marley online, marleyfg.com. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. 
To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. This is Robin Trzynski of the Original Mattress Factory. Interested in that half-off mattress sale? Don't be. Most retailers are just promoting half-off a completely made-up price loaded with huge markups. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have never had a sale. Our hand-built quality and value are there every day, and our prices don't change. So take your time and purchase only when you're ready. Don't buy into the half-off sale hype. It simply isn't real. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. Every Monday to kick off this week, we always go to the White House. Although, is anybody doing anything at all today at the White House? Greg Clugson joins us, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, is the government open for business? Not officially. Not Mm -hmm. yet. Well, let me ask you this. Is the White House considered essential personnel? That's a trick question, I think, Jackie. <laughs> and I should also let you and your listeners know, I'm sitting in a dark radio booth. The lights are off with the government closed. I've been forced to uh, work. Not really. Not really. Okay. <laughs> a, they didn't even fill the vending machines, yeah. right? So you're going to starve, too. You're Perkins. <laughs> He's at the Perkins inside the Beltway. Okay, Greg, so uh, government shutdown uh, happened. uh, It was Friday at midnight. Everything ran out. Um, Talk about what happened over the weekend. Well, there was a lot of back and forth among lawmakers on Capitol Hill. The White House says the president was engaged behind the scenes. We did not hear from the president. There were a couple of tweets from his Twitter account, but he did not make any public appearances. And then, of course, uh, we're the reports, but he didn't even talk to Democrats. He was only speaking with Republicans when he reached out to lawmakers. So really, he was leaving it up to his aides and primarily the lawmakers in both of the parties on on the Hill to sort of figure out what the compromise language is going to be on this. Mm -hmm. And then, so you had two votes today, finally, after this weekend of logjam, that shortly after noon today, the Senate decided to vote in favor of ending their filibuster, which essentially allowed for a vote that is happening right now on the Senate floor that will officially end the government shutdown. Uh, Then the House is going to have to take action. So there's still a little bit of formality here in the next couple of hours, but the the sense here in Washington is that the government will be fully back open for business tomorrow morning. I see. So it's a little too early to tell, I'm sure, but this was essentially political gamesmanship, right? That people were holding out for some uh, DACA life or some trading back and forth. I wonder how this will all shake out. Well, that remains to be seen, and people are already either pointing the blame. Of course, that that happened even before the shutdown, but lots of finger-pointing in terms of who's responsible, who came out on top. And you're right in saying that this was a bill that most Democrats and Republicans supported in the fact that it was going to continue government funding for the next three weeks or so, and there was going to be a renewal of children's health insurance funds for for the next six years. And that's something Democrats and Republicans both said they wanted. The sticking point was Democrats wanting to attach this immigration issue onto that funding bill. And so that was their stance last Friday, midnight, and 
it didn't go anywhere, obviously. And so that's when we had the government shutdown. So today, what's what's the difference? There is a promise from the Republican leader to Democrats that they will take up the issue on the Senate floor in a couple of weeks. There's no promise that the bill is going to be exactly what Democrats want. There's no promise, of course, of a guarantee that the vote is going to be passed. And there's no promise or guarantee that it will even be taken up in the House. So that has led a lot of observers to say Democrats really didn't get anything politically mm-hmm. out of the shutdown. Okay, what about the stopgap measure? Will that will that be decided? Because there has to be something that takes us from reopening the government to the, the point when we get a budget. Right, and so this stopgap measure is going to be a week shorter than what Republicans originally had uh, had proposed, mm-hmm. and so it's it's a couple of weeks instead of three weeks. Okay. So that was a that was a slight concession by Republicans, but essentially it's stopgap for another two weeks, and hopefully we won't be right back where we are this time next time. Well, so you already answered the first question, which is you know who got what out of the out of the shutdown, and, and we'll see what happens with the stopgap measure. But of course. The, you know, the longer view is who's going to get blamed for the government shutdown. So in the past, the past few, it's been the Republicans who, who got crushed over it. So, I mean, there, is there any way to tell at this point who's, who's, who, who's, this is, whose neck this is going to be hung around? There does seem to be a, a lot of reporters uh, that I've seen both on social media and on television and in some other reporting really with the sense that Democrats, uh, they sort of rolled on this. They they didn't really gain a lot from holding out from last Friday midnight to noon today. When you look at the difference of what the agreement, uh, if you want to call it that, there was hardly really any difference except shortening that stopgap measure and a promise to, to go forward on immigration, which Republican leaders had said that they were going to be doing anyway, and there's a March 5th deadline anyway to get that done. So th- that has led a lot of people, and it's interesting, of course, the White House, has its own analysis, not surprisingly. And the president said he was glad that the Democrats came to their senses. That was the phrase he used. And his spokeswoman, Sarah Sanders, told us a a few minutes ago that it was simply an an indefensible position by the Democrats. Uh, So obviously the White House pointing the finger of blame there. But you're right, Kathy, in saying Republicans in the past, sometimes whether they've been in the minority or the majority, always took the blame. And that, that's probably not as clear-cut this time, because Democrats really supported the bill, what was in it. They just simply wanted to add something mm-hmm. to it. And that's why a lot of people think Democrats are going to end up with more of the blame. I see. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugson is with us. Greg, this happens from time to time. The last time the government shut down was what, maybe three years ago? 2013. 13. Oh, five, five years ago. Four okay. and a half, five years so generally, whenever the things like this happen, this is just exactly what's happened this time, that it's mostly political gamesmanship and nothing really is resolved. It just is still divisive as it ever was. Right. And it simply deepens the frustration, if not the outright anger and cynicism that a lot of Americans have looking at Washington and seeing dysfunction. So what we saw with this weekend shutdown and exercise, I think you're right, John, in saying that it's, uh, it's right. much more of what we've seen in the past. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate because it does affect a lot of, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of, of workers uh, who are non-political 
government appointees that run all kinds of different agencies and offices uh, that provide a lot of different kinds of services to Americans, not just here in Washington, but across the country. Uh, Greg, we only have a few minutes left. Uh, By the way, Greg Clugston, uh, White House correspondent, SRN News. More information about Greg available on our website, johnandkathyshow.com. Greg, let's talk uh, about maybe something happier. Let's talk about the March for Life uh, that happened Friday in Washington. Uh, Cold temperatures, not super cold, but still cold temperatures. Um, Talk about what the uh, what the march was like. How did the how does the media look at a march like that, which is so profoundly conservative? Conservative and often religious, and also it's been consistently anti-abortion all this time. Sure, and this is an event that I have covered uh, almost year in and year out for 20 years or so. Wow. So this, and I, I was not physically at the march this year simply because of what the White House schedule was, and it was different because you had the President of the United States in a, a direct live satellite video feed to the actual march participants from the Rose Garden of the White House. It's, it's sort of funny because he was only a half a mile or a mile away from each other, so the president stayed in the confines of the White House for that message. But it was the first time that there was a live video message. In past years, you had uh, President George W. Bush and Ronald Reagan phone in remarks. And then, of course, last year you had Mike Pence, the vice president, uh, become the highest-ranking official to ever address in person the March for Life. So there actually was a lot more attention, I thought, in some respect to the March for Life this year, simply because of the president's involvement in the in the ceremony. Hmm. All right. Well, Greg, oh, and do we have any estimate on numbers? I know that's always a point of contention. It is, uh, and I don't, I don't know what they were. I mean, it's safe to say every year, tens of thousands, because that is absolutely the case. Right. And uh, there was much more enthusiasm this, this time around because of the pro-life uh, stance by the Trump administration right. on a whole range of life and conscience issues. And so that has uh, fed for a lot of people to come. The National Park Service, as you probably know, has not been doing estimates on any sort of demonstrations or, or, or gatherings on the National Mall because... Nobody is ever happy on either side with what the estimates have <laughs> seen. <laughs> Sounds like politics, Greg. <laughs> yes. Can't escape it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, uh, for all the slackers out there in the government, let's get back to work. And, Greg, always a pleasure. I know that you're on top of the ball. So uh, thanks for being with us today. Thanks, John. Kathy. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Information about Greg on our Facebook page and uh, wordfm.com. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Oz Guinness is going to join us in just a bit. We're going to talk about conversion your story, what it's like when Christ came into your life. Stay with us. Individual results may vary. Sophia went through a lot of tutoring and got minimal results. For her ADHD, she was almost off the charts. None of the typical therapies met her needs. We felt like we were constantly playing catch-up. There was great guilt, like I had done something wrong. I hadn't taught my child what she needed to learn. She wasn't functioning in society. I knew knew this was going to be the solution. Brain Balance is the answer for your kid because it didn't just mask the problems, it actually addressed the issue. That little girl that wants to do well, that wants to please, that wants to make the right choices, is actually able to make the right choices and to please now. This is not my kid anymore. This is this totally different kid. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to Brain Balance. It has completely completely changed our lives. Why just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem? Call Brain Balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child. Call 724-390-9012. That's 724-390-9012. 
Are you thinking about buying medicine online? A search for online pharmacies yields more than 20 million results. But which ones can you trust? Medicines bought from unlicensed online pharmacies can be dangerous. You may get a fake drug, your condition may get worse, or you may experience a bad reaction. Don't put your health at risk. To learn how to find an online pharmacy that's safe and legal, visit fda.gov slash besaferx. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Hey everybody, I'm Eric Church, asking you to join me in the fight against leukemia, cancer, and AIDS through the T.J. Martell Foundation. Your support helps facilitate cutting-edge research that will lead to more effective treatments and save more lives. Visit tjmartell.org to learn about music's promise for a cure. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination for your tenderness spirit and the way you love for all that you are the forever mark tribute collection a diamond for each of your qualities forever mark beautiful rare responsibly sourced explore the forever mark tribute collection at trinity jewelers mount nido road visit trinityjewelers.com the ride home with john and kathy driven by calusi chevrolet the nation's oldest chevrolet dealership Mild tonight, occasional rain ahead of a cold front, a low of 46. Cloudy, breezy, and colder tomorrow. A couple of showers, maybe mixed with some snow late in the day as that front crosses through. Temperatures steady or slowly falling. Cloudy and brisk tomorrow night. A couple of snow showers, a low down to 26. Still a snow shower lingering Wednesday, mostly cloudy. An afternoon high of just 30. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM. Hold on, wait a second. Did you say snow? We're having snow tomorrow? Didn't it's you know? It's 62. We're having, to- we're having snow tomorrow, John. What? Come on. It's 62. Come on. You have to keep up with these wildly differing temperatures. I'm out of salt. I need a salt run. I, was- I don't know. That what you've always said is you need to get your salt ahead of time. You don't get your salt when everyone else exactly. needs their salt. I so I think you're, I, I'm afraid you're going to be with everyone else. Well, I was looking at the forecast like every, every couple of days ago. Oh, um, there's no snow in the forecast. I've got plenty of time. I'll go see my salt guy. Yeah, but now I don't think I'm going to get there tonight after work. Yeah, there's right. a there's a shaker in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to do a lot. Of you good. can take that. Mm-hmm. All right, just a, a few minutes. We're going to be talking with Dr. Oz Guinness, distinguished writer, thinker. Um, He's going to kick off our conversion series. We're so excited. We, we, you know, we talked about who we wanted to invite to do that, and Oz was at the very top of our list. So the fact that he said yes is a real thrill for us. We've talked to Oz a bunch of times, and we consider him a friend. And uh, anyway, so maybe 10 minutes or so, uh, Dr. Oz Guinness live on the show. Until then, how do we deal with a world that produces the New England Patriots as Super Bowl contenders for another year? How do we deal with that? Probably Super Bowl champions yet again. Right? Did you watch the game yesterday? Yes. Yes. I so watched did the I. game yesterday. Like three quarters, you're feeling really good, weren't you? About and it's so weird because no, I wasn't the week before good. I was, you know, despising the Jaguars, right? And now I'm like in their corner, going, right. "Go Jags, go Jags." Right. No, you know how I looked at it. I said this to New Mike before the show. Watching that game was like getting the flu. Is that you feel a little twinge? Mm-hmm. You know, you see something going wrong. It started the second quarter. You feel a twinge, and you say. Oh, oh, no. And then you think, no, nah, it's probably not it. And then, then the Jaguars score another, another field goal, and you're like, no, 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 I'm okay. Up 10. But then you see something else, and you start to feel sick, 
and you start to feel sicker. And then by the end of the, it's two minutes left in the fourth, and you're like, here just, it comes. You're just resigned Here it to comes. It. I, it's going to be all over. Exactly my fever's climbing. I'm starting to get the chills. Yeah. I feel horrible. I'm going to miss four days of work. I know. And then the Patriots win the game. That's what it's like. It was horrible. When the crowd got into it <sighs> and that final drive, you thought, it's over. It's just of course. over. So, How, and let me just say this. How, how can Tom Brady still win regardless of how many of his receivers are lost? When Gronk how, got, I don't understand how Edelman is out, how yeah. Gronkowski is out. Edelman's the only man standing, and so he throws to him seven times in a row, and they win. I know. I just... I, I know. I mean, did you see the signs? What New England versus everybody else. Basically, I didn't right? see that. Yeah. and that's the truth. So, what do we do? Because it's Philadelphia. Nothing. Are you going to root for the Eagles? First of all, I'm not even sure I'm going to watch. Yeah, I agree. I haven't. I might go to the movies. It's it's horrible to even contemplate it. No, yeah. it's terrible. What? What? I'm let's all, the three of us. Let's go see the Greatest Showman. Okay. Can we do that? Yeah, it's fine by me. I have not yet seen it, so I know. I'll be happy and to see it. Mike, do you like the Greatest Showman? Yeah. Okay, there's Mike. Mike, Mike, when's the last time you loved a movie this much? It's it's been a while. Yeah, really. It's, it's an amazing movie. Apparently, it's a sleeper. I read about it today. That you know they've been saying uh, Hollywood and all the critics said nah nah mm-hmm. nah the Greatest Showman and now it's been hanging around for a long time. It's made a chunk of money. Yeah, it's made it. Here's the thing: panned by the critics, but loved by the audiences. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. I don't lot, does it because you know I don't follow oh, films, yeah, so follows. I don't really know that. But yeah. anyway, so we could go do that. I don't think because usually I got to be honest, I, I crash at your house for the Super Bowl. I know. I don't think I'm going to You're this year. I don't think I want to. No, I don't think that. I don't care. Okay, so maybe we should do a non-Super Okay, if you did that mm-hmm. on Super Bowl Sunday, would you be stalwart in, with that approval and just And just, just not watch it? the yeah. game. I've never in my whole Neither life not watched a Super Bowl. But this might I mean, be the year. I mean, that seems un-American. Yeah, but it might be the year. If, I mean, if I watched the Ravens win the Super Bowl. If you were ever going to miss a Super Bowl, this might be the good year to miss it. I don't think I cannot watch it. I don't think I cannot watch it. I think I have to watch it while doing something else. Like maybe I'm playing cards. I'm doing my maybe taxes. I'm reading, right. Maybe, maybe I'm painting the living room. I don't know what it is, but I feel like I have to watch. Just, it feels abnormal to not watch it. The sad thing is at the end, I'm not going to be happy if either one of those teams wins. No, no, no. I'd be Either much happier one. if the Eagles won. No, I, I no, concur. No. Uh, please. The, listen, There's no comparison. Philadelphia is the city that produced the Flyers. Doesn't matter. Do I need to say anything else? Can you, the Eagles. Them? Do you want to see horrible Robert Kraft stand on the podium? No. Right? And Tom Belichick. No, no but I also Tom don't. Tom Belichick. Belich- yeah, oh, sorry, you call him Belichick? <laughs> I like that. I also don't want to reward the team that has to have a judge you know, on duty in their arena so they can deal with all of the drunken disputes they have during football games. What kind of society is that, people? Boston. Well, look at Philadelphia. Holy smoke. Did you see the video of the fights in Philadelphia over the weekend? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Philadelphia. I'm saying I can't root for them either. How about greasing the poles with Crisco? I know. Who does that? Right, so people don't climb them, and then people climb them anyway, and they get hurt. I mean, it's just inane. It's inane. I can't stand it. Okay, so... uh, so you, All right. No matter I think what, I would. I, I I think I would end up rooting for Philadelphia only because that would keep the Patriots from getting the same number of Super Bowls that the Steelers have. Uh, that's, that's the, the problem. Only, that's the that only way I can pro- think about it. Yeah. It's the only way I can think about it. But the chances of Philadelphia beating New England are incredibly slim. Well, does anybody? Do you, is there like a I haven't line seen a line? There? I'm sure there is, sure but there is. I don't know what it is. The Patriots. Have I to be- bet it's. I bet it's New England by. 
10. Yeah. I bet it's by 10. Yeah. Do you think? It's got to be by 10. I bet it's New England by 10. All right. When is Super Bowl Sunday? It's not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Right. Two Sundays from now. Yeah. All right. Well, at least you can have a snack, right? We could focus on snacks. I think so. What about if it was the year that we just said, this is the snack bowl? What if you watch the game with the sound off? Oh, okay. Right? Because I often do that. You could play music. Read a or book, you could, right? and they just glance up occasionally. Yeah. And if it gets to be right. too much to bear, then yes. you just keep on well, reading. Well, like last year. Last year was that. horrific when the, when the Patriots were losing, and then they oh. came back. It was the worst f- fourth quarter of, of football. Comeback. It was so wretched, that I, and I was depressed for days. But I did turn the volume down. I was alone. My whole family went to bed, and I had to watch that unbelievable sadness on my own. So then... My suggestion of committing to do something else yeah. is not going to hold any water because you'll be compelled at that very last minute. It'll be like well, noon yeah, but I, after church no, but on I th- Super Bowl no, Sunday. No, no, I think you're making a good point. I think you're making a good point. If I keep the sound down, I focus on something else mm-hmm. and prioritize snacks. And watch the commercials. I think I'm good with that. But okay. it's not going to work. Why is that not going to work? You are going to be too distracted. No. That, it's the Super Bowl. It's commercials. Commercials are going to get you hooked. See, that's why most people watch the Super Bowl. For the commercials. For the commercials. Are you going to have a party? You're going to have people over? Of course. You are? Yeah. Make it a shindig. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I want a shindig a around company? these two groups. Because here's the thing. You're surrounded by happy people. Yeah. You can talk to people that you like instead yeah. of just watching the Patriots Win. Yeah. It might be a good year to have a really, really big party. Just because nobody cares. It's right. not like exactly. you're going to be emotionally torn. Exactly. Yeah. Either way. You know, can, that's this a is, good point. Can I put in my yearly plug, my plea to all government institutions, all people who are in power positions to just make the day after the Super Bowl a national holiday? Can't we agree on that? No, this year they should make us all work overtime. <laughs> just because <laughs> misery loves company. That's all. All right. You got anything else? No. What else could I have? Okay. Well,. Oz is not going to join us just yet. Yeah, he is. Well, it's too early. No, he's going to be ready. No, no, no. no. It's way too early. No, I don't think it is. All right. All right. <laughs> I guess Oz Guinness is coming up in a few minutes. <laughs> we'll see if he answers the phone or not. Let's Stick go, Pens. WORD. According to Chuck Swindoll, defeating a pattern of sin takes time. Wouldn't it be great if we could suddenly become instantly mature and completely perfect? Good luck if that's what you're hoping for. It won't happen. Chuck Swindoll describes the proven biblical path to success Monday through Friday on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. There's a strange world that you enter when you get married. A world of nail clippings on the coffee table, eating macaroni and cheese out of the pot, and is he wearing white socks with dress shoes? Your marriage may have some challenges. But there's an evening coming to your area that will encourage and remind you why it's all worth it. The Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon. The Ultimate Date Night is 90 minutes of music, comedy, and fun for couples that'll have you and your spouse rolling with laughter and reconnecting on an intimate level. Marriage can be tough. 
but that doesn't mean it can't be fun. The Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon, coming your way soon. Oh, and make sure he doesn't wear those white socks. Word FM presents The Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon, an ultimate evening of marriage edutainment. Coming February 9th to Christ Church at Grove Farm. Tickets just $42 a pair. Special VIP package including dinner also available. Keyword date night at wordfm.com. Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. See what the largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school in the North Hills has to offer. From Whippeal Athletics to Fine Arts, Service Activities, and more, Eden Christian Academy, Christ-centered, student-focused, and mission-true since 1983. Visit EdenChristianAcademy.org. Hey, everyone. This is Ed Glover from Urban Impact. It's time for today's Man Up Minute with Pastor John Guest. Man-to-man, what most of us men long for is authenticity, to be true to our innermost ideals. We want to be the real deal for our wives, if we are married, with our friends, and for sure, with our own children. So how to be what we as Christian men profess ourselves to be? In my experience, a daily engagement with the Lord by reading His Word, the Bible, is absolutely essential. His Word is a lamp to our feet, that is, the very next steps we take, and a light to our path, like a high beam illuminating the road ahead. Most of whatever else is coming at us is a diversion, a distraction, and in all likelihood, potentially a disaster. Get with his word. Get it. Got it. Go for it. Good. I'm Ed Glover. Thanks for listening to today's Man Up Minute. For more information, visit us online at uifpgh.org. This is Robin Trzynski of the Original Mattress Factory. Interested in that half-off mattress sale? Don't be. Most retailers are just promoting half-off a completely made-up price loaded with huge markups. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have never had a sale. Our hand-built quality and value are there every day, and our prices don't change. So take your time and purchase only when you're ready. Don't buy into the half-off sale hype. It simply isn't real. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. The 5 o'clock hour, our conversion series will become reality. Oz Guinness is with us right now to set the stage for conversion. Oz is a former freelance reporter with the BBC, guest scholar at the Woodrow Wilson Center for International Studies, guest scholar and visiting fellow at the Brookings Institution, author of more than 30 books, including Renaissance, Invitation to the Classics, and A Case for Civility. Oz, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us. Always a pleasure, John. Thank you. Oz, in just a couple minutes, we're going to be premiering a series that we've been working on for the last couple months. Um, when we were talking about coming up with a new series on the ride home, we talked about, you know, current issues. We talked about whether we should do a hashtag, you know, Me Too series. We talked about whether we should talk about how, you know, Christians should exist in a difficult political climate in America. We, you know, we thought about, you know, the subject that you've written about so well and so often, the decline of, of Christian culture and the need for the gospel to speak. Anyway, we had all these ideas, Oz, but when we came down to the decision-making part, we said, I think what we need to hear are people's stories. 
one person after another coming on the air and saying, this is my story of how I met God. And now that we've been compiling these over the last couple of months, I mean, it is just miraculous to hear these stories that are so un- so different in context, and yet the same God as the actor in them. So I guess my first question for you is, I remember back when I read uh, The Call, um, which it probably still stands as my favorite of your books when I was in college. And one of the quotes I wrote down years ago was that there can be no calling without a caller. So talk about the essence of God reaching out to individuals. Well, I love your choice of the idea of stories, because if you think of it, that's one of the great differences between the Bible and the Greeks. In other words, for the Greeks, truth was a system. Whereas in the scriptures, truth is in story form. And really, the Bible is simply a story of a thousand stories. So I think you're doing absolutely something wonderful, you know, in picking up this notion of stories, because stories are what really communicates in depth to people. Yes. And so, Oz, we hear this a lot. When people, whether we've asked people to tell their story or, you know, I'm sure you've heard this as well. Well, my story about Christ in my life, not that interesting. But the fact of the matter is when you peel it back, They're I all mean, interesting. They, Every s- single one they surely are, right? I mean, it's God in action working in all of our lives. So everyone shares a little bit of a miracle. No, that's right. And when you say to someone, you know, tell me your story. And then you listen to whatever it is they're saying. People feel really respected and freed and liberated, and they open up their hearts. And, you know, there's a lot of empty talk today about human worth, human dignity. But when you listen to someone's story, you're really taking them seriously. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're doing is absolutely wonderful. Nothing stronger than Christian witness. So set Christianity um, in its proper place in comparing it to the other systems of belief. Um, Back to the call, I remember you writing that first and foremost in Christianity, we're called to someone. We're not called to something or to somewhere, but we're called to someone. Well, I would say the Christian faith and Judaism, in other words, the two biblical faiths. And we often talk about human search for God. But really, the whole story of the Bible is God's search for us. And uh, our Lord is so strong of this in his great parables in Luke 15. So, you know, that's what we're talking about. God calls us, and we're free to respond or not respond. And when we do respond, it becomes the beginning of a, a, of a story that's adventure and genuinely inspiring and exciting. Mm-hmm. Oz, can you talk about growing up in China? Um, as I remember, both of your parents were missionaries, and um, and there was a, that was a, a great period of cultural upheaval there. Um, personal stories must have been a thing that you grew up knowing and hearing, yes? No, very much so. My grandfather went to China at the end of the 19th century. Our family has many, many stories. My mother was a surgeon. My father was a teacher. And we lived in the China that was torn apart by the Japanese war. 17 million killed in the invasion. Oh and, you know, we were in north central China, which was almost marked by its famines, which swept through every three years, like 
like hurricanes do in Florida. And uh, we were in a terrible famine in which five million died in three months, and including, sadly, my two brothers. And my parents and I, in order to try and escape, we were with 10 million refugees on the road looking for food. So my parents had all sorts of extraordinaries, you know, from that uh, amazing time. Oz, I did not know, or if I did know, I've forgotten that your two brothers perished uh, in this massive tide. Can you tell us that story? Well, we were very small. Now, one of my brothers was only six months. I was three, and my older brother was five. But there was no food, and my, as I said, my mother was a surgeon. There was no medicine, and mm. so people were literally dying like flies. And you can read, I'm not suggesting you do, but the Time magazine reports of the famine because it was covered by Teddy White. Mm. And couples would just go out in the fields, embrace each other, and just die. And there were thousands all around. My, 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 my mother often said it was in the nightmare of that experience that her faith in the Lord became unshakably real. Really? Now, you think for a lot of people that would have the opposite effect, wouldn't it? When you would see all the carnage and suffering and death around you, pe- most people would say, where is God in this mess? Well, that's right. But if you think, if we have a biblical view of reality and faith, it is not airbrushed. Mm-hmm. And you talk about stories. Do a comparison, say, between the classical heroes, you know, the Middle East or the Greeks or the Roman. They're all heroic, like, say, Achilles, courage, and so on. You don't have anyone like that in the Bible. Even, say, the greatest, bravest warriors like David is portrayed as an adulterer and a murderer. Mm-hmm. And the Bible never airbrushes anyone. There are no airbrush saints. And uh, my parents brought me up with a view of reality like that. You know, they, they counted the cost to go to China, and there was a cost. And it wasn't just our family. There were many others, too. So it was the biblical view of reality. A lot of Americans are kind of spoiled. Why did God do this to me? Why did God allow that to me? And so on. Because they don't have a biblical view of reality. Oz Guinness is with us. All the information about Oz available on our Facebook page and also our webpage, johnandkathyshow.com. Oz was a former freelance reporter with the BBC, guest scholar at the Woodrow Wilson Center for International Studies, and guest scholar and visiting fellow at the Brookings Institution. Oz, as we look forward to hearing... I don't know, between 20 and 25 stories over the next five days here on the air. I guess my question for you is what do we gain from from telling our stories? I guess that's the first question. And then the follow-up is what do we gain from hearing other people's stories? Well, put it like this. When you listen, say, to a sermon as opposed to a story, although you can have stories in sermons, Sermons and a good deal of teaching are straightforward, prosaic, built on statements. But a story is indirect. You don't quite know it's going. It's involving. You're caught up in it and following along. And above all, it's imaginative. In other words, it sparks the most powerful human faculty of all, our, our imagination. And, of course, when you hear stories like you will share, 
it sparks also sympathy. So you get into the shoes of the people who are telling you their story, and that's what's so profoundly moving about the story is something that operates on quite a different level. Oz, at this stage in your life, when you think about your own personal story and all the different facets of your life that you've led, do you reflect often on that story? Is this something that you, you know, in a moment's notice, bump back in time and remember that person or that incident and that brings something new, some fresh insight to you? Or in some ways, is it too much to bear? You've thought about it too much and it's a little overwhelming. Where are you in that? Oh, no, no. I think a very key part of faith is memory and remembering, not just sort of mental recall, but of realizing the goodness of God and the grace of God, which is all over the past. And so you remember, and it strengthens your faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very grateful for the giants in my life who have been mentors to me in one way or another. Without them, I, I wouldn't be the person I am now. Mm-hmm. I wish I could hear some of your stories. I'm sure they'll be incredibly inspiring. Yeah. Well, you can hear them as can everyone, John and Kathy com, or you, of course, streaming live at wordfm.com. Thanks, Oz. Oz, there's no, <laughs> no reason door. for you to miss them, my friend. Um, okay, so in our, in our last few minutes, Oz, um, when you think back, as, as John said, on your life and you hear and, and you think of the stories of people who have impacted you, um, how has that changed you? I guess what I'm trying to get at is what happens in us? When we hear someone else's testimony, you know, Isaiah 43, God says, you are my witnesses. You are my witnesses of my servant who I'm chosen so that you may know me and that you may believe me and that you may understand that I am he. You are my witnesses. So what what do we gain? What's our response when we hear that? Well, as I said, the first two things are imagination and then sympathy. I, I could be like that person. They're not that different. If I did that, I could mm-hmm. experience what they're experiencing or whatever. But of course, when you add the stories of heroes, you get another dimension again. In other words, you listen to the story of a hero and you want to pour your rising aspirations into the mold that they created for you. And through stories, we, we grow to be beyond where we are today. Yes. And that's especially important for young people. Where we are today. And it's interesting, Oz. Uh, I was watching on Saturday night. I've got a boy who he's about uh, 19, and uh, he doesn't want to miss an episode of that late night Saturday show, Saturday Night Live. So I sat down and watched, I watched it with him, you know, and it's always good conversation as these things unfold. Uh, some of the mm-hmm. things make you cringe, other things you kind of go, I didn't necessarily need to see or hear that. But, you know, in the sweep of a story, there's always a protagonist and then the antagonist. And I believe in all the years that I've watched Saturday Night Live, it was the first time that I ever heard any of the comedians say the word evangelical. And all of a sudden, through the audience, because this was live television, there was a ripple. And the word evangelical was the bad guy in the room, which I thought was really fascinating um, to see a bunch of comedians turn the cultural lens to us as Christians who are followers of Jesus Christ, us who use that label of evangelicals. So I guess in the sweep of the story of the Christian faith, we're taking a turn here culturally. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how that, you know, fits with you. Uh, has the term evangelical 
do you hold that dear? Does this recent trend make you cringe? Or how does that whole thing work in your life? I am unashamed and unabashed to be an evangelical. I want to make that absolutely clear. The trouble is we've been defined by people outside us, and often in ways that are ridiculous or just really off the mark. Yes. Um, but I am an evangelical. If you think we are those defined by the good news of Jesus, going back to the heart of the gospel. Yeah, so when Francis of Assisi tried to live like Jesus lived, the Pope called him an evangelical. You know, the Reformers called themselves evangelicals, their enemies who called them Protestants. And evangelicals, evangelicals are people who define themselves by the very heart of the good news. I will never give it up. And I, I take courage from my Jewish friends. You know, there are times when Jews were tempted to be defined by people outside them who looked at the shape of their nose or described them as money grubbers, and they refused to be defined by their enemies. And I read recently Abraham Heschel, the rabbi. He said, I would prefer to go to Auschwitz and be burned to a cinder rather than give up my Judaism, regardless of what people say. And we need evangelicals. It doesn't mean we announce ourselves as evangelicals everywhere. We're followers of Jesus. Um, but, but the idea of the evangelical is absolutely critical. It's deeper than Catholic, and it's deeper than Orthodox. And as I said when I started, I'm, I'm evangelical and unashamed. And that is Dr. Oz Guinness, former freelance reporter with the BBS, BBC guest scholar at the Woodrow Wilson Center for International Studies and guest scholar and visiting fellow at the Brookings Institution. Find information about Oz and about more than 30 books that he wrote at the johnandkathyshow.com website. Oz, can't thank you enough for helping us today and kicking off our series. Always a pleasure to be with you. Thanks, John. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you, Oz. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet, the nation's oldest Chevrolet dealership. Futures and options trading involves financial risk. It is not suitable for all investors. Fire the stockbroker and hire yourself. I'm Scott Bauer, and I've been on the trading floor for 25 years. I traded for Goldman Sachs in the S&P 500 pit and was the first Amazon market maker at the CBOE. I am also the senior market strategist here at Trading Advantage, the leading educational firm teaching people how to become professional traders. Now, for a limited time, I am offering one of the trading techniques used by thousands of our students every day to help build their financial future. Get started right now by calling 1-800-288-0092. Leave your email address on my voicemail, and I'll email you my free trading technique and the Trading Advantage Daily Market Report at no cost to you. Again, 1-800-288-0092. That's 1-800-288-0092. For so long, I'd had that little hidden sin. It was a secret. No one knew. So I'd convince myself it really wasn't hurting anyone. But, but what if my wife or kids found out? Mm. Harmless? It would have ruined me. The problem was, who could I talk to? I needed someone I could confide in. But, but this was so personal. Who could I trust? He found someone to trust, and so can you. We're Faithful Counseling, the world's largest platform for faith-based professional counseling. 
All of our licensed and experienced counselors are qualified and certified by the state board, and many are trained in addiction counseling. But more importantly, we share your Christian values. Available 24-7 by text, messaging, phone, and video conferencing, all from the comfort of your own home. Try it for the first week free by going to FaithfulCounseling.com and use the invite code word TRUST. That's FaithfulCounseling.com and use the invite code word TRUST to get your first week free. Faithful Counseling, we're here when you need us. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts too, even threaten your home or business. And it's about to get worse. The IRS just hired an army of new tax enforcers. So if you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. Optima has access to a special IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands even tens of thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop that army of new enforcers from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a half billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. Call now for your free consultation. Call 800-711-5743. 800-711-5743. 800-711-5743. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Hey, thanks for being with us. In between the snowflakes on a 61-degree day. It's not snowflakes. Well, it's coming tonight. Did you guys tell me it was going to snow tonight? Yeah, there's going to be snowflakes later, but it's not like anyone's jumping between them now. Well, you know, seriously, if you've got uh, salt (laughs) on your mind, which I do, be careful about it. That's all I'm saying. Okay, okay. So 5 o'clock, we kick off our conversion series. Yes. Yeah. Just heard Oz Guinness talk about evangelical, about mm-hmm. the nature of story. Look at, look at Oz's story, being a missionary child in China, his mother and father, the death of his two brothers in the midst of massive famine and persecution. What a story. I know. But still, what a good, humble Christian man. What an unbelievable brain warrior he has been and in, 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 in the height of intellect. Uh, fighting for the cause of Christ in culture. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, not just in the church, but in in the wider culture. I love Oz. Um, but that, hearing him talk, it kind of makes you want to think about your own story or think about, you know, the importance of telling it, the importance of listening to somebody else's. And so that's what we're going to do in the five o'clock hour each day this week. But as you hear these stories, we wanted to give you a chance to respond to say, you know, um, we'd love to hear from you, I guess, about yeah. how the series has impacted you and, and you know, what you're gleaning from it. And so we have all sorts of ways that you can contact us. And for you to approach your own story, to think about forming your own story, because oftentimes we're called upon, you know, we, we put the label of uh, evangelization around it, and that scares people. Right, but all of a sudden I have to be... You know, I have to be an intellect like Oz Guinness, or I have to be, you know, a great public speaker, or I have to be, you know, uh, uh, Ivy League educated, or I, that, that's not the case. No. That's not, and that's what I hope, one of the things I hope you'll gain from this series, is that you're going to hear people from all different walks of life just say who they are and what's happened to them. And your story, your own personal story, can turn, will turn people to Christ if you're humble and transparent in that walk. 
So we'd love to hear from you about uh, the series that's coming up, about your own story. And so here are just a few ways that you can find us. You can always find us on our uh, website, which is johnandkathyshow.com. You can find us at the Word FM app that you can download from the App Store. If you go to the App Store, you can go under 101.5 Word FM, download the app. There's actually an audio feature in there. You can just speak right in there to us and uh, we'll get the message. You can find us on email. Kathy at wordfm.com. Or John Hall at John. wordfm.com. Um, Twitter. Sure. I mean, we're everywhere. It's just like everybody else. Facebook, else's. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Sure. So send us a DM on either one. Um, we'll be happy to respond to that. And uh, we would just love to hear what you think. Yeah. So we also want to remind you that as our series unfolds, we're going to post the audio versions of everyone's story on our Facebook page and our website as well, johnandkathyshow.com. So if you miss any of them, you know, as the hour goes on, you want to come back and listen to them or, you know, tell your husband or your wife or your coworker or whatever, hey, check this out. They're available for you to listen to again and again and again. That's right. So uh, different stories at different times available across different platforms. com, right here at Word FM. Uh, find us on social. And uh, we really look forward to you being a part of this series with yep. us. We'll take a break, have a little cup of water, get up and stretch, run around for a few minutes, and then come back and join you. All right? Stick around. It's the 5 o'clock edition, the conversion kickoff, the ride home with John and Kathy next. WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The Senate passes a short-term government funding bill, moving one step closer to officially reopening the shuttered federal government. Correspondent Linda Kenyon has the latest. The Senate needed a simple majority to pass the bill after it crossed an even higher and required threshold earlier in the day. The bill funds the federal government for three weeks, during which time senators are supposed to work out an agreement on immigration and other issues that led to the federal government shutdown in the first place. The next step in the process of reopening the government will be a vote in the House and then a signature from President Donald Trump. This will allow the federal government to fully reopen Tuesday. Linda Kenyon, Washington. On Wall Street today, the Dow Jones Industrial Average continued its upward bent up 143 points to 26,214. The Nasdaq rose 70. The S&P advanced 23. Oil continued its upwards as well. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's Dairy Farm Tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 
or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. Homeowners have the perception that they don't want to do windows and doors in the wintertime. Energy swings Donnie Dara. Actually, winter is a fantastic time to do windows and doors because the prices are lower. And we have what we call warm installations, meaning a lot of the work's done from inside your home. You don't have this big, open, gaping hole in your wall. You take the old window out, you put the new window in. The perimeter of the window on the inside and the outside is what takes time to finish and to shim it and square it and make sure it's plump. Our employee installers, they're covered by workers' compensation insurance, We want to be sure that they are not injured in any way, shape, or form. So the doors or windows, they're installed from inside the home, so that makes it a lot safer. So winter is an absolutely fantastic time, fabulous time to invest in windows and doors. And prices are lower at this time of year, too. Right now, get $200 off every window, $500 off every entry and patio door, plus 5% off for word listeners only. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit TrinityJewelers.com. Mild tonight, occasional rain ahead of a cold front, a low of 46. Cloudy, breezy, and colder tomorrow. A couple of showers, maybe mixed with some snow late in the day as that front crosses through. Temperatures steady or slowly falling. Cloudy and brisk tomorrow night. A couple of snow showers, a low down to 26. Still a snow shower lingering Wednesday, mostly cloudy. An afternoon high of just 30. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM. If I told you my story. Welcome back. So, our conversion series is underway right now. Kath, give me a definition of conversion. According to Webster's Dictionary, conversion is the act or process of converting, a state of being converted. Or a change in character, in form, or function. Or a spiritual change from sinfulness to righteousness. Or a change from one religion, political belief, viewpoint, etc. to another. A change of attitude, a change of emotion or viewpoint from one of indifference, of disbelief or antagonism to one of acceptance, faith, or enthusiastic support. Or a physical transformation from one material or state to another. So, our conversion series gets underway in earnest in just a few seconds. Stay with us. Would you like more than just a mattress? This is Robin Trzinski, and everyone likes alternatives. At the Original Mattress Factory, we offer two types of adjustable sleep systems as an alternative to traditional mattress sets. Adjustable sleep systems offer special features and functionality that allow you to customize your sleep experience. We currently offer two different adjustable bases, the Style Plus, made exclusively for us by Leggett & Platt, and the Elite, powered by Reverie. Both bases give you the flexibility to raise or lower both the head and foot of your bed to meet your individual comfort needs. The new Style Plus also comes standard with dual massage motors, while the Elite can be customized with features such as Bluetooth and surround sound speakers. When paired with one of our high-quality mattress options, 
Both sleep systems provide the comfort and support of an original mattress that can be adjusted easily with just a touch of your wireless remote. Check them out at an original mattress store near you and experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original. You may have heard that the Obamacare individual mandate is dead, but not until 2019. The good news, though, you can start your own Obamacare repeal and replace plan today with Todd Marley and his team at Marley Financial. You don't have to wait another year or another day because you can call Marley now. Ask about their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan where it's always open enrollment time. The pro-life health plan can save you as much as 30 to 60 percent over what you pay now, especially if you're age 50 or over, because you only pay for the comprehensive coverage you actually need. You'll avoid the Obamacare penalty that's still in effect for this this year, and it's called the pro-life plan for a reason. It doesn't fund abortion. So why wait? Say goodbye to the open enrollment period for good and repeal Obamacare for yourself today. Call Marley Financial, 724-884-1496, or visit them online at marleyfg.com. Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. See what the largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school in the North Hills has to offer. From Whippeo Athletics to Fine Arts, Service Activities, and more. Eden Christian Academy, Christ-centered, student-focused, and mission-true since 1983. Visit EdenChristianAcademy.org. Holiday Park Bible Church presents... Marriage is designed to tell the truth about God. That's the noble definition of marriage. The art of marriage. The effect of of sin is that it breaks that relationship with God. February 16th and 17th. We've seen the result of that other road. And we're not traveling that way. We're not traveling that way. Plan to make your marriage a work of art. Click Art of Marriage at hpbchurch.com. If I told you my story. We bring to you now stories of conversion. We'd like to introduce you to Dr. Carl Pinar, outreach pastor at Holiday Park Bible Church and founder, Sankozy Martial Arts, and a native South African. And here is Carl's story. Hi, this is Carl Pinar. I would love to share my testimony with the hope and prayers that somewhere might be encouraged and need to hear the truth about God's goodness and mercy and grace. I grew up in South Africa. During the time of apartheid, saw a lot of hate, a lot of anger and violence. Grew up in a home where my father resorted to alcohol and became abusive and mostly very verbally, but I saw a lot of tension during this time. So to get away from it all in the beginning, I thought it best as soon as I finished high school to join a a prison department. It was mandatory to serve the country uh, for two years, so I joined the prison department, and when I finished my two years, I felt so empty, and something was missing in my life. But I just, at that time, being blinded, didn't know what it really was. And so, 
elderly woman came upon my path. She was about eight years or so older than me, and uh, I was kind of, uh, I thought I was in love, but I wasn't infatuated. And where that relationship ended up bad, the, my first relationship, thought this is what I needed in life. I was at my crossroads and decided to run away from everything. And through various contexts, uh, I was offered a position to show for the Consul General at the embassy in South Africa. Uh, in San Francisco. So travel arrangements was made and I left my family and everything and came to the United States at a young age of 21. It didn't take me long to start pursuing all the pleasures and the lust of this life. I was selfish and always just trying to please myself. I felt that I would find fulfillment in these things, but they all left me empty. Before I knew I was involved in drugs, stayed different places as they say wine, woman, song and this led me to overdose but I didn't die and I cried out to God and said God help me get me out of this situation I don't know how and I didn't die God helped me through this process. Yet, I did not know how to fill this void in my life. So, at this time, I got married to my wife, Luann, and I thought of leaving the United States, going back to South Africa, get away from all the temptations and influences and availability of drugs, and when I came to South Africa, I was planning to break my marriage vows. I didn't have the courage at that time to tell her personally. So I said to her that I was going to just go and get a job and get a place for us and then I'll let, send for her. When I arrived in South Africa, I immediately found work at the uh, security forces for the city council. And I was still living a worldly lifestyle. Then someone invited me to church. And I decided to go with the wrong intentions. And when I sat in that service that day, Conviction fell upon me. It was like somebody tipped that preacher off and told him 
about all the things that I have done, I start to truly realize how lost I was and how desperately I'm in need of salvation. I remember that preacher putting his arms around me and say, are you ready, son? And I said, yes, I am ready. And I accept Jesus Christ at that minute as Lord and Savior in my life. I can recall how a heavy burden just was lifted off my shoulders. I felt free for the first time. This guilt that was within me this pain, this anger, this bitterness, all removed. Hope came into my heart. The first thing I did was running to the woods and just thank God and praise Him the best I knew how at that time. And then I called my wife and told her how I miss her. Soon after, my wife came home to South Africa. She left all that she had, her family, friends, to be with me. And God has started to work on our lives. My wife got saved soon after. My father got saved soon after. I excelled in my work to eventually became second in charge of a training facility where we train officers, a special task force. And this opened an opportunity for me to tell my story, to have a devotional time with the troops. I remember how wonderful it was at one time where I had the opportunity to baptize some of my students in a swimming pool, actually, that was located on the roof of our building, Minatoria, which is in the capital, Pretoria. I recall how some of the senior officers was hanging out the windows and uh, looking at the spectacle, as they called it. Thought something went wrong, that I've lost my mind. Yet, after that baptism, that lady and her husband start serving in a church, and God just started to use me more and more, and my life started having more purpose and meaning. It was such a delight each and every day was, was a new journey for me. And then during the time when Nelson Mandela, just before his inauguration and uh, violence broke out in the city, bomb went off near my wife's work, uh, children was threatened, people were put on fire in the streets, they call it necklace. And we decided with all this violence and ugliness going on that we would rather move back and be around my wife's family. So we came back to the United States and God opened doors here where I opened the martial arts school, San Cusi Martial Art, and I started to use the martial arts as a platform to influence the lives of young people, to try and give them direction and bring them the good news of Jesus Christ for those who are seeking. Today I have two wonderful boys, both married, grandchildren, love them dearly. I'm so blessed and it cringes me to think if God didn't intervene in my life, 
and I went through with my worldly wisdom how I would have missed out on all that God had prepared for me. What a privilege. The more we've been given, the more thankful we are. Those who are given much is also expected of much. So how can I but give all each and every day for he's given so much? Carl Pinar said, somebody tipped that preacher off. And are you ready, son? Carl's story is one of a journey, geographical and spiritual, of violence and peace. It is his story of Christ changing his and his family's life forever. And coming up next, the story of supernatural intervention in the life of an atheist. It's conversion on the ride home with John and Kathy. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-210-6779. 800-210-6779. Don't wait. Call now. 800-210-6779. 800-210-6779. This is Robin Trzynski of the Original Mattress Factory. Interested in that half-off mattress sale? Don't be. Most retailers are just promoting half-off a completely made-up price loaded with huge markups. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have never had a sale. Our hand-built quality and value are there every day, and our prices don't change. So take your time and purchase only when you're ready. Don't buy into the half-off sale hype. It simply isn't real. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. You know, they say the best is yet to come, but to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10, right here on 101.5 Word FM. Mile tonight, occasional rain ahead of a cold front, a low of 46. Cloudy, breezy, and colder tomorrow. A couple of showers, maybe mixed with some snow late in the day as that front crosses through. Temperature steady or slowly falling. Cloudy and brisk tomorrow night. A couple of snow showers, a low down to 26. Still a snow shower lingering Wednesday, mostly cloudy. An afternoon high of just 30. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM. All throughout this week at the 5 o'clock hour, we we present to you conversion stories. Our next guest is Frederica Matthews Green, journalist and commentator. She's written for the Washington Post, Christianity Today, the L.A. Times, First Things, Book and Culture, 
Sojourners, and the Wall Street Journal. She's the author of The Jesus Prayer, the ancient desert prayer that tunes the heart to God, and Welcome to the Orthodox Church, an introduction to Eastern Christianity. And here is Frederica's story. My story's um, maybe a little different from most people in that I was, I was raised in a Roman Catholic home, but it wasn't very pious, you know, we didn't, we didn't really pray at the dinner table or anything. When I was in my early teens, I completely rejected Christian faith. In fact, I was very angry about it. I felt like Christian faith was just stupid and childish, and I felt embarrassed that I'd ever been fooled into believing it, so to speak. So I went through high school, I went through college as a, hmm, I don't know if I was really an atheist. Um, Over time, I became more and more of a spiritual seeker. But I believed that, um, that God was sort of the energy force, the life force of the world and that different religions turned it into people in order to have a person to worship. That was my explanation of Christianity. So I was pretty content, you know, visiting a lot of different uh, religions and learning a little bit of this kind of Buddhism or Hare Krishna or one, one thing or another. Finally, right after I finished college, right after my graduation, I got married, and we were married out in the woods. It was a a classic hippie wedding. And I read a Hindu prayer at my wedding. So I think you can kind of picture where I'm coming from. And now, move just a month forward. June 20th, 1976. My husband and I are in uh, Europe, we're hitchhiking around, we're seeing all the sights. And on that day, that Tuesday afternoon, I walked into a Catholic church, just sort of to look at the, the art and the architecture and so forth. And as I walked up toward the big altar at the back of the church, there was a smaller altar to the side on the right. There was a statue of Jesus, a white marble statue. So I went over, and I was looking at the statue like it was a, a, a piece of art, like it was in an art museum, and looking at it kind of critically, and you know, trying to see whether they had they carved the fingers very carefully. And while I was standing there just looking at it, I don't know how it happened, but I realized that I had fallen to my knees and I could hear a voice speaking to me. Not with my ears, it was inside. It was like there was a radio in my heart that I had never known was there and suddenly clicked on. And this voice was filling my mind and filling my awareness. The voice said, I am your life. said, you think that your life is your name and your personality and your history, but that is not your life. I am your life. 
And then it's that you think that your life is that you participate in the life force and the energy of the world. But that is not your life. Even that is not your life. I am your life. I am the foundation of everything else in your life. And so I, I stood up. I felt scared. I felt really shaky. I couldn't even tell my husband about it for a week. I couldn't put it into words. Finally, we were hitchhiking in the south of Ireland by that point, and I, I told him the whole story. I just kind of trembled it out, and he said, it'll pass. So <laughs> he's been a pastor for 40 years now. It didn't pass, obviously. It just got deeper and more wonderful. For me, that is the crux of Christian faith, is knowing Jesus Christ as a person, as a person who is so full of love, so full of beauty, that, that he draws you forward almost helplessly. In that moment when I heard his voice, and what a blessing, because I didn't know at that point about the I am statements in Scripture, how the Lord says, I am the good shepherd, I am the door of the sheep, I am the way, the truth, the life. He said to me, he said, I am your life. I felt so overwhelmingly drawn to him that it's a hunger that has never, never been satisfied, never, never stopped all my life. To know Jesus Christ as a person and as, as love personified is the most beautiful experience that this life is capable of. And I always want to find a way to talk about that and invite people to seek him, to seek him out. I was running away. If you're seeking him, it's a little bit easier to call to him, to speak to him, and to invite him into your life so you can know him in all his beauty and his love. And he can become your permanent everyday companion as he has become for me. Frederica Matthews Green, in that sweet voice of hers, she tells this story. I mean, growing up in a family that she described as culturally Christian, but not necessarily so. And she believed that God was a life force, that she read a Hindu prayer at her wedding until that one day she found herself lying on the ground in front of a marble statue of Christ, and Christ was flooding her mind, her thoughts, with conversation, with true thoughts. And God said to her, I am your life. I am your foundation. And she believed it. But she was afraid to tell her husband until a week later as they hitchhiked through the south of Ireland. And he said, well, it'll pass. Well, for the past however many decades, five decades plus, the both of them, Frederica and her husband, have not only been committed Christians, they've also been pastors and writers in the strong Christian Jesus tradition. And coming up next, we'll turn to the realm of science. Dr. Hugh Ross will join us, Canadian-American astrophysicist, a man who came to Christ through an unusual means. 
the joy, the beauty, the challenge of books. That's part of Hugh Ross's story coming up next. It's Conversion on the Ride Home. If you're a mom or dad of a child who struggles, you've searched high and low trying everything you can. From tutors to counselors, specialists to pills, you've tried them all with little success. You need to know there is a program that has helped tens of thousands of kids just like yours. Brain Balance Achievement Centers can make a real difference for your child. Brain Balance is a drug-free solution that deals with the root cause of issues like ADHD, dyslexia, audio processing, and behavioral challenges. Our combination of sensory motor exercises, academic skill building, and a clean eating plan doesn't just mask the issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child has trouble making friends, is disruptive in school, or is frustrated to the point of tantrums, now is the time to call Brain Balance Achievement Centers. Learn more at brainbalance.com or call 724-390-9012 today. This is Jay Hagerman of Hagerman Law. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Hagerman Law, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit HagermanLaw.com. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forever Mark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forever Mark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forever Mark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit TrinityJewelers.com. If I told you my story, you would hear hope. They wouldn't let go. It's day one of our conversion series. This is a guest who's been with us many times in the past, who's a unique, probably the most unique person we've ever met in our life. You think? I would say so. Yeah, I'd say he. out of all the years that we've, we've uh, hosted the show and we've met our guests in person, I think Hugh is one of the top five most unique personalities and abilities. Yeah. Um, we had the pleasure to have Hugh uh, come to the city of Pittsburgh and, and speak at a church where he engaged um, a very strong atheist community uh, on campus at the University of And a of strong Pittsburgh. science community on the campus. But as he spoke and then afterwards, as Hugh engaged the community, both science and atheistic, he showed his true colors. Mm-hmm. He showed his true colors. He was light and clean and strong. He was wonderfully whimsical. Just a powerful, powerful presence of Hugh Ross. And we're happy to give him now to you. 
Dr. Hugh Ross is a Canadian-American astrophysicist, a Christian apologist, and a prominent old Earth creationist. He's also the founder and president of Reasons to Believe, where he leads a team of scholars who keeps tabs on the frontiers of research with the goal of demonstrating that sound reason and scientific findings consistently support rather than erode confidence in the biblical God. He's the author of Navigating Genesis and Why the Universe is the Way It Is, among many other books. And here is Hugh's story. My name is Hugh Ross. I'm an astronomer, and I'm the president of Reasons to Believe. And uh, I grew up in Canada. I was born, raised, and educated there. I didn't really get to know Christians well until I arrived on the Caltech campus to do postdoctoral research. But during my growing up years, I became very interested in astronomy. I was studying five to six books on astronomy and physics uh, per week, starting about age seven. And by the time I was 16, I realized that of all the explanations for the origin and history of the universe, the Big Bang explanation was fitting the data. And with Big Bang, the universe has a beginning. If there's a beginning, there must be a beginner. And starting at age 17, I began to search for that beginner. First in the writings of the great philosophers, Immanuel Kant, Descartes, and others, I quickly discovered they had the wrong concepts of space and time, the wrong concepts of the universe. And uh, then I began to dive into the holy books of the religions of the world to see if any of them matched what I saw in my astronomy studies. Uh, quickly went through the uh, Hindu Vedas, the Quran, Buddhist commentaries, and several other religious texts, and uh, discovered that what they had to say about science and history wasn't always accurate. And I felt, hey, if this is a message from the one that created the universe, it's going to be accurate in every respect. And then I finally picked up a Bible, and when I said I didn't meet Christians, that meant to get to really know them well. That didn't happen until I was 27, but when I was 11, I got to meet or see uh, two Christians from 30 feet away. These are two businessmen that came into a public school, put two boxes on our teacher's desk, and left without saying a single word, but in those boxes were Gideon Bibles. So starting at age 17, I began to read that Gideon Bible that I'd been given when I was 11 years of age, and recognized right away that uh, its account of creation in Genesis 1 Everything was in the correct chronological sequence and correctly described. And uh, I, I was amazed that it was actually predicting future scientific discoveries. So that motivated me to keep, keep reading. And uh, I found lots of passages I didn't understand. But what I realized is many of the passages I didn't understand at the beginning of my studies, I was able to understand towards the end. For 18 months, I studied the Bible an hour a day or more, looking for a provable error or contradiction. At the end of those 18 months, I couldn't find any. What I found instead were hundreds of places where the Bible accurately predicted future historical events and future scientific discoveries, and actually calculated at age 19 the probability that the Bible would be able to correctly predict thousands of years ahead of time I had several hundred uh, scientific uh, predictions and determined that probability was less than one chance in 10 to the 300th power. 
uh, and that persuaded me that the message of the Bible actually had a higher degree of reliability than, say, the second law of thermodynamics. And since I trust that second law of my life, I logically reason that it only made sense to put even greater trust and confidence in the words that are in the Bible. I want to give credit to the Gideons, because in the Bible they gave me, it had two pages that explains what you need to do once you become convinced that the Bible is the inspired, inherent, uh, perfect Word of God. And basically they made the point, number one, none of us are perfect, we're all morally flawed, and God is a God that demands moral perfection. But he is the one himself who provided the means for us to gain that moral perfection through coming as a baby to our planet, uh, living a morally perfect life, and yet sacrificing himself on the cross as an atonement payment for all the sins that we committed. And if I were to receive his offer of forgiveness from all my sins and make him the master of my life, uh, then I would be delivered uh, from the consequences of my imperfection and would gain entry into a permanent, eternal relationship with him. It sounded like a great deal, so I remember at 1.07 in the morning, on one August evening, I signed my name in the back of that Gideon Bible, committing my life to Jesus Christ. I also recognized that that commitment meant that I had to share my faith uh, with people that I would meet. And so I began immediately to look for opportunities to share my newfound Christian faith with my fellow physics students and the professors. And that's what eventually led me into what I'm doing today, uh, using emerging scientific discoveries to show people that every day, every week, we've got a stronger scientific case uh, for the message of the Bible and the accuracy of the Christian faith, and to use that as a tool to encourage people to do what I did to submit their life to Jesus Christ as Creator, Lord, and Savior. And there's a young boy obsessed with science and taking a Gideon's Bible, giving credit to the Gideons to sort of spark a new life as that passion for science and faith ignited in Hugh's life. And so from the world of science, we turn from that perspective to the perspective of a truck driver. We met Greg, the truck driver, on the air maybe three months ago. He called into our show and he said, hey, John and Kathy, this is Greg, the truck driver. We were like, hey, Greg, what's up? Well, he's called us I don't know how many times since then. And I feel like he's a friend at this point. And uh, so when we were doing the conversion series, we thought, you know what? We should have Greg join us. I and mean, we don't, we only know Greg because of a few phone calls we've had on the air, but we should hear what his story is. And so coming up, Greg Williams, truck driver. Here is Greg's story. Hi, my name is Greg Williams, and I just wanted to share with you a little testimony that I have about how God has truly taken over my life. I'm 59 years old. I'm a guy that used heroin and cocaine for 30 years. Went to jail when I was 51. About a month after I got there, 
I gave my life to the Lord because uh, when I got there, you're talking about a guy that was came from the streets, knew the ins and outs, did it all, and to be honest with you, I was scared to death. I decided, I said, Lord, I can't do this no more. I knew about throwing up my hands because I was arrested plenty of times, but I didn't know about throwing up my hands and surrendering my life to God. So that's what I did. I surrendered my life to God, and uh, I remember reading the book of John. I just said to the Lord, uh, I'm not understanding what you're saying to me, Lord. And the Lord said to me, not with a loud voice, he just said, do you really want to know me? I said, yeah, I want to know you. So I just interpret that as being um, getting in the Bible. So I had been sentenced to eight months to three years. And then while I was in there, I got another case. So I had to worry about that also. But I'll just be very brief, very short that as I was in prison, God started moving in my heart and he really began to take over and give me his love and also showed me how he loved me and then showed me how I was without him. So it was a two, it was a three part thing. It was like he showed me how to love him, then he showed me how to love me, then he showed me how to love other people and he showed me who I was without him. When I discovered who I was with him, oh man, I'm telling you, I just, I just, it just took off. So to make a long story short, I spent three and a half years in prison and that's when it, I had a time it was just me and the Lord. And I'm telling you, it was the best 59, 51 years of my life. It's, you never really hear that people say that, but I had such a ball in jail spending my time with the Lord. And he began to teach me and let me grow in faith. And when I came home, I did 15 and a half months in a halfway house. And when I got out of the halfway house, I worked a few uh, part-time jobs. And after that, I got my CDLs and I began to drive trucks in the middle of that. Uh, he blessed me with a beautiful wife. He blessed me with a beautiful home, bought a brand new home. 2015, I had some uh, very serious sickness that I came on me. I don't need to go into details, but I almost lost my life. And uh, he rescued me from that. And from now it's 2017. Man, I'm telling you, God has truly, truly moved in my life. I'm not talking about all the physical, materialistic things that he gave me. What he gave me was he gave me peace. He gave me joy. He gave me hope. And he gave me rest. But I'm going to tell you, when I was in prison, I was probably one of the only ones that walked around in their shy shoes. And when you're in prison, you don't walk around in your shy shoes. You walk around in your boots or you walk around in your tennis shoes. But because of the peace he had placed on my heart and the rest and the comfort he had placed on my heart, I was able to do that. And uh, it's just been a fantastic journey up until now. So that was eight years ago, and he still is moving and working in my life. I have a wife that loves the Lord more than she loves me and we just praise god and thank god for everything that we uh, have and that we do and that's about all i got to say now that's a different question for a different time why a man would walk around in his shower shoes in prison that's greg's story mm-hmm. a coke and heroin user for 30 years and then god says to him one day you want to know me and then god has taken over greg's life Coming up next, the story of Dr. Richard Mao, President Emeritus and Professor at Fuller Theological Seminary. It's Conversion, the series, on the ride home with John and Kathy. This is Robin Trzynski of the Original Mattress Factory. Interested in that half-off mattress sale? Don't be. 
Most retailers are just promoting half off a completely made up price loaded with huge markups. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have never had a sale. Our hand-built quality and value are there every day, and our prices don't change. So take your time and purchase only when you're ready. Don't buy into the half-off sale hype. It simply isn't real. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. Now, Gavin, Mommy needs you to be a good boy in the store. <laughs> Gavin, please put the toy down. No! Oh, Gavin, that was naughty. Gavin, don't don't touch that, please. No! Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, let's just go, honey. No, oh, don't throw that. No! No, no. I'll pay for that. Oh, Gavin, don't. No, 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 no. Okay, baby, let's not do that. No, 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 no. Oh. Disciplining your child can be tricky. Especially if you have a strong-willed little Gavin on your hands. No! Strong-willed children are a lot more common than you might think. If you're having a battle of wills today, we invite you to meet up with some new friends online who know just what you're going through. They're at the Focus on the Family Parenting Forum at family.org slash parenting. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America invites you to take steps for cures at a walk near you. Support the 1.6 million Americans living with these diseases. Get started at cctakesteps.org. If I told you my story, you would hear hope. Welcome back. This is our first day of our conversion series. So far, we've played four different stories, people from all over the world and different socioeconomic and educational systems. One thing in common, Christ in their life. Coming up next, Dr. Richard Mao. Uh, we met Richard, I don't know, a couple years ago when he was uh, working on a book project and we talked to him. And there was this instant commonality with Richard because one of the things that he has become so passionate about and has written a lot about is something that John and I care about too and that is unity among Christians from diverse political places and from diverse denominations and from diverse racial backgrounds and from different economic situations. And and so we kind of felt like we'd met a brother um, before we'd even talked to him for more than, what, five or ten minutes. And since then, we've, we've just grown to really appreciate what he puts in writing and how he speaks. And we're so happy that he was able and willing and even excited to be part of the series. So... Uh, let me introduce you. Dr. Richard Mao is President Emeritus and Professor of Faith and Public Life in the School of Theology at Fuller Theological Seminary. The author of more than 20 books, including Uncommon Decency, Christian Civility in an Uncivil World, and in- Adventures in Evangelical Civility, A Lifelong Quest for Common Ground. And here is Richard's story. This is Richard Mao. I don't really have a dramatic conversion story in terms of initially coming to faith in Jesus Christ. My story in that sense is much more like what the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy. From a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures that are able to make you wise unto salvation that is in Jesus Christ. I was raised in a preacher's home. And uh, the importance of knowing Jesus as my Savior, knowing the 
loving, warm embrace of a, a personal savior was just a part of my daily life. I sat through many evangelistic meetings and heard a lot of altar calls and all the rest. But I think from an early age, I had a sense that I was a child of God, that it was important for me to know Jesus personally. This came to a, a very sort of public choice, though in 1957, we lived in New Jersey. Billy Graham had his well-known, much publicized uh, evangelistic crusade in Madison Square Garden in New York City, 1957. It lasted for 16 weeks, and our local church was about 30 miles from uh, Manhattan. A couple nights a week, we would run a bus, uh, bringing people from the church and any friends that we wanted to bring along. And at a certain point in that 16-week period, Billy Graham had a special night of emphasis on youth. And I'd gone to many of those meetings in Madison Square Garden. But uh, on this occasion, I decided to invite a couple of my non-Christian friends from the public high school that I was attending to go with me. I prayed a lot about them and for them. That evening, we were sitting high up in the bleacher seats in Madison Square Garden, and Billy Graham preached a powerful message. And he talked about the fact that uh, he said, you young people, you, you've got your own struggles. A lot of times adults don't realize what you're going through, but the issues that you're wrestling with in, in your life uh, are some of the most important issues in the world. And, and he called young people to make a decision for Jesus Christ. And, and one of my non-Christian friends started to go down the aisle. They were singing, Just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. And I just felt a strong urge to go myself and uh, in a very public way uh, say to my friends, but also say to God, this is the night that I'm going to make a very public expression of faith in Jesus Christ. And I went, that was a very important thing. I wouldn't say it was a dramatic change of life, but it was uh, the time that I, I did something. I walked down those long aisles, <laughs> uh, singing just as I am without one plea. Now here's the interesting thing. I, I had something like a dramatic conversion version of that about 18 years later. As I get into graduate school and secular universities, we had a lot of friends and we'd be at social occasions where alcohol was served and I started social drinking. But it got pretty, pretty intense for me. I, uh, I realized that I really loved this stuff and it got a hold of me. I got a job at Calvin College in Grand Rapids, Michigan as a faculty member. That was a Dutch reformed community. It was not really abuse of alcohol there, but it was socially acceptable, and so we were able to carry on our uh, our use of alcohol patterns, and uh, and I'm going to say, I think, you know, there many of my Christian friends will drink a glass of wine like these days, and I have no, no judgment, no judgmental spirit about that at all, but I got addicted. It got worse and worse, and I was lying. I was hiding stuff. I was drinking more than 
I wanted to admit to other people. I started to have uh, blackouts. It got really bad. And I blamed it on pressure. You know, brand new faculty member, a lot of teaching, a lot of uh, finishing my dissertation. And then I got a postdoctoral fellowship for one year at Princeton University in the sociology department. And there were very little requirements except that I be there, that I spend time each day at the university uh, doing some research, doing some writing, the occasional seminar that I would attend, and I looked forward to that as a kind of cure. Uh, no pressure anymore, and I'm just going to really, uh, if not quit, at least cut back on my drinking. And we moved to Princeton, and it got worse. I had more time to drink, and and I began to get desperate, just desperate. Uh, and I just felt like I was I was killing myself. I was going to die. I, I didn't know what to do. And one night I had a couple of drinks, and, and I just got so depressed, and I just started to cry. And I went into the living room where my wife was sitting, and I got down on my knees, and I said to her, I'm an alcoholic. And she prayed for me. We decided that the next day I was going to go to Alcoholics Anonymous and AA meeting. I found out that there was a, a meeting at a church about six blocks from our apartment where we were living. And I was scared to death. Uh, if this did not work, I was going to be, I was going to die. I, I just desperate. And that night as I walked along those six blocks, I sang my quiet place my inner being just as I am without one plea but that thy blood will shed for me and that thou bidst me come to thee O Lamb of God I can and I just had that sense that I was going forward I was going to I was going to meet Jesus and it was a very strange experience because uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a Christian meeting uh, but there were people there who, who had stories of having had victory over the use of alcohol. And uh, I haven't had a drink since. That was 1975, so it's been over four decades. Uh, and I did meet Jesus there. He was waiting for me. And I have this profound sense that uh, that was the night when the decision, the public decision that I'd made in 19. 57, this time in 1975, I was being asked, do I really mean that? Do I really believe that without one plea, no resource in myself, no hope for the future, uh, without Jesus Christ, that I'm willing to trust him? I praise God for Billy Graham, for what he called me to that night in 1957. And I praise God for the ways in which uh, Jesus Christ has uh, constantly called me to, to really take seriously that commitment that I made that night, and that He is a Savior. He saves us from our sin. He reaches out to us, and He gives us the promise and the hope of, uh, of God's future in our own lives. Richard Mao. His conversion story, raised in the church, 
made a confession of public faith at a Billy Graham crusade. But then he was an alcoholic and a drunk. In 1975, he essentially, as he walked forward those six long blocks to an AA meeting, he re-energized his faith. He made a new vow to come to Christ. That's Richard Mao's story. Really what we want to do is engage and equip. So if you're out there and you hear Richard's story or Greg's story or Hugh's story, Frederica's story, all those stories are just like yours and mine in some small way. There's identification in each one of those stories. Our hope is this. You know Christ. And if you do, rededicate yourself. If you don't know Christ, come to the Lord. Think about it. Because he is there and open and waiting. Find us on Facebook. On Twitter, send us an email. Find the 101.5 Word FM app. Find us on our website, johnandkathyshow.com. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications.